millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Stop whatever you're doing. Close your emails. Pull into a lay-by. Put down that spoon. Stop jogging, for fuck's sake. It's time for News Thing, the podcast. Britain's longest-running and least-shit satirical podcast. Now, bringing you the facts that matter and the opinions that don't, please welcome your hosts, Sam Delaney and Andy Dawson. Hello and welcome to News Thing with me, Sam Delaney, and him... Andy Dawson. This is the podcast version of the much-loved, long-running Sam Delaney's news thing, which appeared on a channel that dare not speak its name for 138 episodes between 2015 and 2018. But now, Andy and I have taken it to the podcast universe because we just think it's better like this, I don't we? I totally agree. Podcasts are definitely better than television. And, um, well, we haven't really got any other options, have we, Sam? No, you're right. We just our contract ended, and this is where we find <laughs> ourselves. So we might as well make the best of it. Um, and I, let us paint a picture for you, listener, about where we uh, are recording today. I am in a ten-year-old girl's bedroom in southwest London, looking out across a beautiful, sunny garden scene. Andy, I where are you? I am in a box room in Sunderland um, with very little ventilation, and I'm right next to a dartboard. And isn't that lovely? Uh, people talk about a divided nation, but here's you and I. We could barely be m- more different. Um, you are locked in a box room. Presumably, it's your home. You spent just a thousand pounds on it, and all it has is a dartboard. But you're happy there. And I, uh, and this isn't weird at all. I'm talking to you live via video yeah. phone from a ten-year-old girl's bedroom. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of miles away. What could away. be more natural? And I think that, I think it's natural and wonderful what's happening here between Two us. Two middle-aged men communicating um, via the gift of technology yeah. from a, a, a child's bedroom and next to a dartboard. It, it's, it's just... Across borders. It's the stuff of dreams. Across borders, both cultural and geographical. So we just fucking get on with now, it? Now, this podcast is where Andy and I cast an eye across... The big news stories of the week. Where should we start this week, Andy? Um, we can start with what I'm actually doing myself personally this week, which is stockpiling food and drugs ahead of Brexit. Yeah, that was interesting because last week we speculated that that might be necessary. But we speculated largely in jest. But now it's becoming a reality. 
And actually, as you revealed last week, you are more than one step ahead of the game, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I've started stocking up. I'm, I've been down to B&M um, and I'm stocking mm. up on tin goods because, you know, it, it's now an official government thing that they, they are officially planning to stock up on food. Now, I don't know how they do this because the British food industry works like to quite tight deadlines and margins. It's that it's that just in time thing that it's called. Um, right. So I don't know how they're going to like, first of all, you know, stockpile food and make enough food to stockpile it. Where they're going to keep it, I've got no idea. So, I mean, tin goods is pretty much the only option that we've got. So, spaghetti hoops, Heinz ravioli, um, steam puddings, yeah. uh, free bentos pies, that sort of thing. I'm just, I'm just basically stocking up on all of them. Would that represent a radical change in your diet? The Very little change. Very little yeah. change whatsoever, if anything. So, for you, it's fine. Yeah, it's just business as usual for me. But I mean, pe- you people like yourself what? who are a bit more erudite and sophisticated, you know, what's yeah, it like for you? Um, I eat, like, almost only avocados mm-hmm. and and sushi, and they're both imported from Japan and Israel, although neither of which are in the European Union, so I don't know what there that leaves me. I think the Japanese and the Israelis will probably bypass the EU and just start dropping... Um, crates full of avocado and sushi onto the southeast of London, of England rather, um, just to, to so, meet the mate. demand. Bloody hope so, mate. I haven't had a Frey Bentos in years. I don't think I can go back down that road. You should. Um, you should try it. Well, you'd also been uh, busily burying thermos flasks with sausage rolls in, of course. Yeah, that's just um, a hobby, though. Which in a, which in a way is like canning your own food, isn't it? It is. I mean, I've got I've got thermos flasks buried in the woodlands all around the northeast of England. Um, I probably revealed too much about the location in the in the last episode, but it is very close to where Raoul Mort shot his own head off uh, back in two thousand and ten, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there are a lot of thermos flasks filled with sausage rolls and other baked goods that that I could, you know, jam into the the mouth of a thermos at short notice. And but, you're um, confident that that will preserve it, the pastry and the filling, quite quite adequately. I don't see why not. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a no. dietitian. Oh, but, you know. Funny you should talk about science, because when I was hastily um, googling this subject matter before the podcast, I came across an article in the New Scientist, the scientific guide to stockpiling food for a No Deal Brexit. It says, "Okay, water baked beans, a shotgun." Many people occasionally wonder about what they would stockpile to prepare for the collapse of civilization. <laughs> Escalate quickly. Big beans to a shotgun. But don't get round to doing anything about it. Wow, that's where you're wrong, Claire Wilson, who wrote this ludicrous article in the New Scientist, because <laughs> Mr. Andy Dawson has uh, is is well ahead. He did get round to it. I mean, I believe he started burying his thermos flasks in those woods years ago. Um, also, I don't have a shotgun, but as I explained last week, I do have the Terminator, which is my aluminium baseball bat yeah. uh, next, next to my bed, which I, I've had there for many years in anticipation of civil unrest. She goes on to write, it's usually the kind of idle speculation that occurs late at night after watching one too many zombie movies. No, it's not. I just think about it all the time. I don't... <laughs> I mean, at almost all times, if you see me... Even if I'm talking about something else or seemingly engaged in a complex task, yeah. I am always thinking about what my contingencies are 
for the um, for the collapse of civilization. You're in a permanent state of readiness. I'm always ready. Uh, now the question has become somewhat more pertinent for people in the UK, where the government's announced it's taking steps to make sure the country has enough food. Uh, oh fuck! Do you know what? I was what? just getting good, then suddenly it wants me to pay to read ah, the rest. So before it, it gives me the actual detail on the scientific sort of guide to yeah. preserving my sushi. Um, you got to fork out. i got to fork out. It's not worth it. But, you know, I've got you, so why do I need a scientist? What, you know, what I'm beginning to think, what's, what's the Brexit deadline? Is it end of March 2019? Yeah. Is it not worth, at this point right now, booking two weeks abroad? from say the 28th of March just in case the shit hits the fan that is a brilliant idea I'm amazed no more, that more people haven't done this already because it just seems like the obvious thing to do I mean you're going to get a 60 quid fine if you take your kids out of school but small price to pay I think small Fucking beans small price for, um, yeah but the only the only thing about that is Andy is that you will be leaving your property unprotected and ah. if everyone starts fucking looting, That's I can happen, tell you, that night, I will be stood outside, in anticipation, <laughs> I'll be stood outside my home with some studded leather gloves, not unlike the ones <laughs> worn by some of Michael Jackson's accomplices, I think, in the video for Bad, and yeah. also in the video for Beat It. In fact, most of his videos during the 80s, yeah. People will start. Yeah. So I'll have studded gloves for fighting, and I'll have my trusty Terminator, and I'll just be there ready. So I I can't leave the home unguarded. I might send the wife and kids away. Mm. Um, I the, might just go away myself and leave the kids to sort of fend for themselves. Once Is that when cowardly? West Ham, I'm not sure. When West, yeah, it's a bit cowardly. When West Ham and Millwall were playing. A guy I know became so obsessed with the idea for which he had no evidence or basis whatsoever <laughs> that the Millwall fans were going to try and come into the West Ham area the night before the game and destroy slash deface the statue of Bobby Moore that sat <laughs> just near the ground. And he was obsessed, this guy, that that's what was going to happen. Right. And he tried to whip up other fans online into doing a all-night vigil before the match okay. <laughs> of this statue. And no one was really into it, to be honest, because really none of us could see the evidence that Millwall were planning this. But he said he had a special instinct for what Millwall were up to at all times. A statue-related instinct. Yeah. And he um, he went down there like at about 10pm the night before. Bear in mind, the game was happening the next day at three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. The night before he's at 10 p.m., just standing in front of this statue, unarmed, or at least visibly, with his arms folded, unblinking, <laughs> staring straight ahead. And he, st- he stayed there the whole night and through until the next morning. And, and didn't even they blink. Never, they never turned up. Um, he's the same guy who sometimes, he's so obsessively preoccupied with his counterparts at Millwall. <laughs> That sometimes you're with him, and if there's a delay on the train, or if there's an accident on the road, or you know, there's say if there was floodlight failure or anything that gets in the way of your enjoyment of a match day, regardless of who West Ham are playing, he will look at you really knowingly and give you a wink and go, "Looks like it's Millwall up to their old tricks." And he's not joking. He gives you a wry smile and a wink and a Deadly sort of a knowing serious. nod. 
And is... you are, you might, you might just have, you might be on a tube train on the way to watch West Ham play, let's say, Stoke City on a Wednesday evening. And it'll stop between two stops. And someone will say, uh, this train has been delayed because of a mechanical issue in the train ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. He'll look at his watch and then he'll look to the rest of, the, of us and go, Millwall, up to their old tricks again. <laughs> and there's no point in asking why. Is he the kind of fella who you think would probably stockpile canned goods ahead of, um, ahead I t- of a I'll tell you one last thing Brexit. about this bloke. Go on. And this is why he actually will be a good person in the post-Brexit apocalypse. Yeah. He he once bought a sofa and um, from a local shop. And after just a few weeks, it the seam burst and some of the foam started coming out. So he was livid. <laughs> and he went down to the sofa shop and he went, this sofa's fucked. I've only had it two weeks. It's falling to pieces. It's a piece of shit. And they gave, they said, well, there's nothing we can do. There's no warranty. You didn't take out the warranty. It's obviously your fault, not ours. It's a good sofa. And he, without, he doesn't, he, he escalates things quickly. Without going into it any further, he went, I thought you'd say that. Bear in mind, this bloke's like six foot five, really big fella, man mountain. He said, I thought you might say that. And he pulled out of his pocket a small tube of the most powerful super glue you can get. You know, like <laughs> when you're in home base yeah. and it's like, I don't know what they call it, but it's like cement glue. Yeah. And he and he just ran a line of it along his forearm and then stuck his forearm to the counter of the sofa shop. And they were like, what are you doing? And he glued himself to it. And then with his other hand, he pulled out a phone. And he called up the local newspaper and he went, yeah, you might want to come down to, uh, you know, Sofa World on the high street because um, there's a, a, a big dispute going on over a faulty sofa and a customer, i.e. me, has super glued himself to the shop. <laughs> to the shop. And they go, right, we're coming down because, I mean, oh, fuck me. Hell. It's like he lives in a in a boring part of East London where not much happens. They thought this is a good, this is a great story. Solid you can goal, imagine the it? reporters. You imagine the newsroom. Okay, they've I'll... like leapt up, gone down with a photographer. The manager's caught wind of it, and he's just gone. All right, fine, we'll give you a, f- f- a full <laughs> refund because he didn't want the negative press. He didn't want a f- front page splash of this big bloke super glued to his counter, looking sad. Yeah, and and saying they missold me a sofa, so the bloke gave him a refund, and I think they had to get the fire brigade out to remove yeah. his arm. With that was special my next chemicals. question. That was my next yeah. question. How did they get him released from the show? So imagine him on Brexit Day. It'll yeah. be great, won't he? He's we'll be... been ready for years. I feel as I need to be near him when it all kicks off. So um, I might come down to London for that. What should we move on to next, Sam? Well, it's been fucking hot, hasn't it? Do you want to it talk has. about that? It's a big, big news story. This, yeah. Um, I, well, it, do we need you, some you, facts and figures? If you've got some up to hand, yeah. I've got a Sky News story here. It says UK weather: Britain melts as temperatures near all-time record. The all-time right. highest temperature for the UK. Do you want to take a guess, mate? Thirty-three. No, thirty-eight point five Fucking centigrade. Hell. That in London could be is under it? threat as the heat wave continues. Yeah, it'll be... I don't know where that took place. 
I reckon it's Kent, but that's just a guess. This is all going to kick off on Friday, Friday the 27th. We're recording this on Thursday the 26th. And literally anything could happen. The country could go mad. It could be like when we beat Sweden in that World Cup quarterfinal all over again and people start just climbing up lampposts and doing coke. Mm, You know, all that kind of madness. Well, listen, I'm up in Sunderland and we've had about a steady 25 to 27 for most of the time. I live near the coast. There's a lovely sea breeze that comes in of an evening. I've been sat outdoors with my telly sort of in the doorway so I can watch the telly while I'm sitting outdoors. And last night, I had to come indoors at about 11 o'clock because it was getting a bit chilly. Now, I don't know what the fuck's going on down in London, but, you know, it's absolutely delightful here. So I don't know what the fuck everyone's complaining about. Well, look, I'm not complaining because I'm a bit skint. I'm not taking... Well, we're going to Isle of Wight on holiday. But to be honest, you know, with the sunshine... Like you say, you sit out in the garden. It's fucking fine. Everyone's losing their mind. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, it's just a bit hot. Fuck it. Don't shit yourself. It's just a bit hot. Exactly. Buy a fucking fan. That's what my... I, if I was in charge of the sun or the mail or anything, that would be my headline. It'd be don't shit yourselves, yeah. dickheads. It's just a bit hot. Get a fan. Take your top off. I'm not saying take your top off now because you're in a 10-year-old girl's bedroom and you've just yeah. been talking about studded leather gloves. So I don't oh, think you taking your hell. top off is gonna is gonna improve matters at all. She's but, gonna um, she she's she's gonna she's like loaned me her room because it right. was the only bit where I could get some privacy. Yeah, and uh, she wasn't happy about it, but she's loaned and she's got a desk and all this sort of setup. So she's loaned me her room, but she's she's probably there's she can probably hear me from outside. And she's not gonna she's gonna be livid once this is, is over. There a, is there a time limit on the on the room hire? She didn't specify. I told her I'd be about forty minutes, but I think with, I think you know with all the messing about we had to do on the technical side, I, she's not going to be happy, mate. No, you got to pay some but kind of fine, I reckon. Long, long time ago, I was a. This is true, right? I was an actual news reporter for Channel Five News. That seems plausible. At, I, at, at ITN, um, yeah. Well, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a job I was any good at, but. <laughs> One, so they they generally give me the fucking really piss poor stories. You got stories dished out in the morning, and they give you some right shit ones. But right. in the middle of in the middle of summer, one day they said, "You're getting the top story today," which means the lead story. So Kirsty Young's the host. Kirsty Young says, "Should she go?" Oh, Sam Delaney is in wherever, right? Is Kirsty Young as lovely as I as, as I've led myself to yeah, believe? Yeah, she's. Just the best. Ooh. Just the best. I never really got to know that one because I was so in awe of her whenever our whenever we spoke or had any interaction. Yeah. Yeah, I just behaved like uh, you know, basically ejaculated um my inside my pants and then went off crying. Okay. But but I um they said it's the top story. I said, Great. What is it? It's the it's it's the weather. You're gonna do the weather. I mean, what do you mean? Well, it's really hot. That was the story because there's no news around at that time of year. So I said, "Fuck, hmm. you know, what do I have to do?" So they sent me off with a cameraman. You have a van with a special satellite on it and some editing equipment in the back. Um, it's a bit like a spy van actually. Um, and then <laughs> what you do is you go out with a camera and you film your report. Then you climb in the back of the van. You stick the tape in. In those days, it was all tape still. Then you do the editing in the back of the van, then you beam it back via the satellite dish that is on the roof of the van. To Kirsty. Yeah, to Kirsty. I mean, it's that is actually, now I think about it, it was a brilliant job. 
it was a shame that I didn't make more of it, but I was useless. Anyway, this dog. Well, look how far you've come, though. Yeah, that's true. And she goes, uh, <laughs> look at me now in a 10-year-old's bedroom talking to you, reminiscing about the days that I had a satellite van, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've gone down to Brighton. I had to wear a suit. I was, you can imagine, I was fucking sweltering, mate. And I went round interviewing people on the beach going, have you bunked off work today? Have you bunked to school today? Yeah, the boss doesn't mind. He understands. That was it. Yeah. Then they come to me live and Chelsea was like, Sam Delaney, the, you know, the, the temperatures have been skyrocketing across the UK today. Our reporter Sam Delaney is in Brighton reporting on that now. Sam. Yeah, well, Kirsty, <laughs> it's really hot, as you say. <laughs> what can I tell you? It's fucking hot. I spoke to some um, sunbathers earlier today. This is what they had to say. And then they run the clip that you've beamed back to them from the van. Right. And it's just a sequence of people with me going, are you hot? And them going, yes. Yep. <laughs> and I go, are you enjoying the sun? Yeah. Comes back to me. Well, there you go, Kirsty. As you can tell, people are really enjoying the sunshine. How long will it last? Nobody knows. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, job done. Then I uh, get a phone call and it's the show editor. And she goes, Sam, I just saw your report. Yeah, it was fucking shit. <laughs> That's how they talk in newsrooms all the time. Right. Like quite, quite a nice middle class woman, like yeah. lovely mother. But like when they're in newsroom mode, they go, Hardcore. your report was fucking shit. And I go, well, of course it was fucking shit. You told me to come to Brighton. And talk about how fucking hot it was. What more can I say? What? Where was the colour? Where was the... You should have gone down to the railway tracks, first of all, to see if they were what? melting. To see if they were <laughs> melting. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I've read that it's got so hot that some of the railway tracks are melting and the trains can't operate. I said, well, to be honest, I'll go down there if you want, but it sounds far-fetched. What else? She's expecting some kind of psychedelic scenario with a... Like- Bent warp metal, yeah, fucking all over the place. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Then she's going, "You didn't even bother to try to fry an egg on the bonnet of a car." <laughs> you <laughs> fucking amateur! I said, "This is the top story. I'm not doing that. It's not that's life." You like this, went, And at the very least, you should have been at the hospital to see if any elderly people or babies were suffering from serious heat stroke. <laughs> And when she said that, I thought, yeah, she's right. I am shit at this job because that the first two things, the, the, the tracks melting sounded like bullshit. The fried eggs are cliche. But of course, I should have been at the hospital on death watch, shouldn't For I? For the sunstroke, definitely. All people mm. and babies. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I think that's, that's... She wanted me to see if a baby was dying of heat. And if I'd been even half the journalist she wanted me to be, I would have known that. 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we... Move on. I've yeah. got an extra story I want to drop in. I, I messaged you oh. this earlier on. I don't know if you saw it or not. A surprise. No. It's a sex hedge. They didn't yeah, say the sex hedge good. story. That sounds it's, promising. It's it's a fella in uh, Sheffield, I believe. Yeah. And what he's done is he sculpted his hedge into the shape of a woman uh, yeah. who is kind of sitting on a wall, kind of with her, uh, yeah. her, uh, uh, her legs up on the wall and her knees slightly apart. And she's, got, and she's got one hand behind her head, sort of coquettishly. And um, yeah. it's, a, it's a very sexy, hedgy kind of scene. And he's, co- he's called her Gloria. But the problem is that um, people keep coming up during the night and trying to have sex with her. And it's keeping them awake. Yeah, yeah well, I hate to sound like an elderly, out-of-touch sexist judge in a high court. Right. But that hedge is asking for it. This is what I'm thinking as well. But mm. can you imagine the damage you would do to yourself if you had actual sex with that hedge? Some people like that. Very, very thorny. Very prickly. Oh. Um, I mean, I would. I, she's called Gloria. I would dry hump Gloria in the blink of an eye. But actual full sex, I don't think I would I would do that. Do you have sex any thoughts on that? hedge. Well, it depends. These hedges come in different shapes and sizes and forms. I mean, you're thinking of a thorny hedge. I'm looking at her now. Um, there's no two ways about it. She is extremely attractive. Yeah, she doesn't look uh, soft and welcoming, though. No, it's not like a floral hedge. It no. looks. It's quite. The, there's a bit on her thigh that where it's kind of balding, like the leaves have perished, and so you can see the inner hedge. Which is all twiggy, yeah. So you, yeah, it it would be painful. But we've all done things that we kind of know are going to hurt and be unpleasant, but you just feel compelled just anyway. Can't, you can't stop, stop yourself stop from yourself. doing it. Perhaps that, that would be the case. Um, yeah, that that's that's Sheffield. That's closer to me than it is to you. To be fair, so if anyone's going to so find you could out, get there. 
Yeah. You could uh, you could bloody drive there. I mean, I assume in the north, everywhere's twenty minutes away, right? You could pretty get over much to Sheffield tonight if you wanted to. Pretty much. The fellow's called Keith Tyson, and he says, um, "I heard a noise outside my window at four thirty in the morning, and there was a man making moves by climbing on top of her and moving her legs as if he was having sex with her." He says, <laughs> "It it's offensive and appalling, and is damaging her figure. Privets don't respond well to being manipulated like that." Fucking so, um, hell, this bloke's got some front. The amount of time and energy put in to turning her this his edge into a sexy lady in a provocative pose, and then he's all up in arms the moment someone tries to fuck it. She's you even knew got, what you were doing, you knew what you were getting into, and you're probably getting off on it, and then you're trying to take the moral high ground. <laughs> yeah. But we know he, your game. I mean, he's even, he's even put a fucking pearl necklace around her. Like an actual Disgusting. one, not a, not yeah, another real one, yeah. Although yeah. I'm sure someone has ejaculated onto that head. Oh, definitely, at least more than one mm. person. The most crucial element of this, I think, is that Keith is a divorced father of four. So I think that just tells you everything that we. Well, we I'm sure his his kids are very proud of him. Mm, if they're still indeed in touch with him. Yeah, um, don't you? You don't have to call Gloria Mummy yet. <laughs> I just want you to get to know her. Is, Glo- is Gloria coming to the zoo with us? No, she's staying here at home. She'll get your tea ready. <laughs> right, what should we move on to now? How about the Beatles? The Jihadi Beatles? Not the actual Listen, Beatles. Yeah, the Jihadi Beatles. The, ju- yeah. the Jihadi Beatles have got a their own Wikipedia page. Have they? Um, it, yeah, you go, it just says the Beatles... Brackets, terrorist cell. The Beatles, dubbed as such by their hostages because their English accents, was an Islamic State of Iraq uh, militant group. Its members were nicknamed John, Paul, George and Ringo by the hostages after four members of the British pop group, the Beatles. In November 2015, one of the militants was killed and one was arrested. The final two were caught in 2018. Right. Yeah, so it's all pretty standard stuff on Wikipedia. It goes yeah. into all the things they were up to. Uh, but the real story about these fellas is that the two surviving members um, are are facing being deported to America where they might be killed. Killed by the Americans? Yeah, the Americans will kill them. We used to have a policy, I think, didn't we, that we wouldn't deport people to countries where they right. might get killed because we're anti-death penalty but now Saeed Javid, the Home Secretary, is sort of like, yeah, but at the same time, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. We're sort of softening our position on it a little bit and kind of just handing them over to someone that will kill them. I mean, I don't know what you think of this. Obviously, I'm, you know, I'm not really into ISIS. I think they're bastards. Yeah. But, and these, these lads sound like a right proper pair of bastards. But, I'm anti the death penalty, and I think it's good that we don't, ex- you know, extradite people to places where, because you're as good as killing them yourselves if you send them into a, yeah, a place where they're going to be killed. Sending them there, yeah, exactly. You can't be a bit against the death penalty, can you? You've either got to be no. for it or against it, and you've got to be, you know, if you're against it, you're against it. Yeah, perhaps there should be some kind of middle ground where where people don't get killed but they get a fucking good kicking that is an excellent idea do you know what i mean and 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 i've got to say if it's a kicking they want then keep them in the uk because yeah, that exactly. is one thing we still do well 
We do. And, you know, the right the, good the, shoeing. The lads will be lining up. You know, they're saying that there's, there's people in Britain that don't want to take certain jobs. And that's why we have to get the foreigners in to do the jobs. But if you were to employ people to give prisoners a fucking good kicking, then yeah. I'm sure there'd be a queue, you know, around the block. Well, what would be good is you'd have the lads, wouldn't you? You'd have all, all the lads from, you know, places like Sunderland and certain yeah. parts of London and Glasgow and all the tough places. They'd yeah. be up for it. But then you'd also have the the posh lads from, you know, the Cotswolds and that, the Telegraph readers. They, yeah. They'd like, yeah, they bloody deserve a good thrashing. And then yeah, it would be a good thing for retired army people retired colonels yeah definitely and also you you saw middle england daily mail reading housewives who are racist and bitter yeah they would they would love to get involved as well and they they each sort of administer different levels of kicking wouldn't they i would send these lads these two jihadi beetles on a tour of the uk right in a police in a van yeah and then they you know they they released into a different town. Right. Perhaps they could be released and chased by a mob, given or, a bit of a shoe in. Yeah. And then, then it's on to the next town. So you could work down from, say, well, you could start up in John O'Groats. A few fishermen up there would give them a right good going over, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. And then just take them down, 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 just down. Just take them all the way down. I mean, you could put them into a massive skip that they couldn't get out of. And yeah. then, you know, put the, put the, the, the kickers... The Beatles are the kickies, obviously, and mm-hmm. the the lads are going to be the kickers. Put the kickers into the skip with them. Um, obviously, yeah. you, you can't kill them. They need to be sort of removed and, and, and treated once the injuries get too bad. But I just think, you know, we need some kind of middle ground. Perhaps all mm. prisoners should get a good kicking once a year on the anniversary of their, you know, admission to prison. Depends on the crime. I mean, I wouldn't say everyone should get a right good kicking. I think blokes like these two should. Um, you, you're horrible. You're real horrible Ter- bastards. Terrorists and nonces, then. Yeah, terrorists and nonces get a kick in, don't they? Um, you know what I mean. I tell you what, the real shame is that Brucey died because he could have hosted this as a yeah. Saturday night event. Fucking hell, definitely. Um, I don't know how Ant's doing after his, you know, getting pissed up and smashing his car in. But Ant and Deck would do a lovely job of this, wouldn't It'd they? It'd be a lovely way for him to get back on track, wouldn't it? Something like this. Be perfect for him. And there's a lot of anger out there in the country. There's a lot of anger and confusion and resentment. And this might be the sort of thing that could bring us all back together. It would be a good outlet for, you know, idiots who are angry and aggressive. It'd be a good, Everything. healthy outlet for them. And it and, and you turn it into yeah. an entertainment format of Ant and Deck presiding over it. And it would be just a nice way of bringing the country back together. Saturday night kicking. Like yeah, it feels like the right idea, but perhaps a year or two too late. It's Saturday night. It's live from Glasgow, and someone's about to get their head kicked in. Here's your host, <laughs> Anthony Deck. Whee! Yeah. Welcome to Saturday night kicking, and tonight we've got ourselves a nonce in the skip. <laughs> He's been transported up all the way from a London prison and he's called Bernard. We're not allowed to tell you his second name, but Bernard's about (laughs) to get a kick in from three retired dockers from Glasgow. (laughs) (laughs) Lads, what are you planning on doing to Bernard? Gonna fucking stamp on his cock. (laughs) That's lovely stuff.
<laughs> Possibly post-watershed, do you reckon? No, I say let the kiddies see it too. It could be like Strictly Come Dancing or Britain's Got Talent. It's something for the whole family to get Bring behind. Bring everyone together. Yeah, I think you're right. Even definitely. Nana. Right, shall we move on to our final story for today? Yeah. It's um, Macron and his bodyguard. Ah. What's what's this all about? Do you know much about this? He sacked well, his bodyguard. His bodyguard beat someone up. Right. Which I don't see why that's a sacking offence. That's what there's. That's what you want them to do. It's I mean, a, there's not enough bodyguards beating people up. Usually they just stand around looking grumpy. Well, how'd you get paid for that? We've smoothly segued from a kick into a kick in here, haven't we? We have, but this one's got a twist it. to it. Yeah, well, it, it, he's not his bodyguard. He was his former bodyguard, and then he became his deputy secretary for state or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the the fella is called um, Alexandra Benalla, and as well as yeah. being his security guy, he also had, what was it, fucking... He was allowed to ride around in cars with blue lights on and stuff, and I think he got free pizzas. <laughs> Mate... This is the sort of job that if I asked my six-year-old son what do you want to do for a job, he would describe exactly what you'd just said. He'd go, I'd, when I grow up, I'd like to just have a job. I don't know what you'd call it, but it would be the sort of job where you got to just drive around it really fast with blue lights flashing and eat pizzas. And they get free pizzas and every night. Get, get free pizzas for tea every night and occasionally beat people up. But what he's done, he's, he's took a helmet from a, a riot cop and then just kicked the fuck out of someone during a mere day protest. Yeah. So, but that's, I mean, you know, obviously sounds like a bit of a bastard, but the real story really is that then people started scrutinising the exact nature of the relationship between this bastard, Alexandra Bernala, and yeah. Emmanuel Macron. And... Rumours started to circulate that they were lovers. Oh. They were lovers and he had been given, Alexandra Bonala had been given the codes to France's nuclear arsenal. But Macron's denied this, so there we go. No story there. <laughs> yeah, he said he's actually, come, I mean, to be fair, he's come out and addressed it directly. He said he was not my lover. However... <laughs> Do you think, I mean, you know, Macron is a weird character. Definitely. First of all, because he doesn't look like he's made of flesh as such. He looks right. like he's made of, I don't know, like a sort of a, a rubber, rubbery style substance, maybe. It's like a, yeah, uh, he's very smooth. And he's got this wife who's much older than him. It's like a Mrs. Robinson type, That's Harold true. and Maud yeah. scenario. Yeah. And people think that's weird. What's going on there? Um, do, do the and... French people think it's weird because French presidents are no. supposed to have like lovers and and all that kind of the thing? French anything don't goes, think doesn't anything's it? Anything's fucking weird. I'm saying the rest of us, civilized people. Yeah, right. Got you. We're yeah. thinking <laughs> something something funny's going on there. And now, yeah, t- turns out allegedly he's been having it off with his 26 uh, year old security guy, and you sort of think, yeah, that makes sense. That's out. The 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 old woman, she's a beard. Right. He, okay. He, for, for whatever reason, he didn't want to come out of the, the closet as gay. Right. Perhaps he thought it would affect his his um, political career. Who knows? So yep. he basically married his mum. and um, <laughs> It was his teacher, wasn't it? She used to be his yeah, teacher. Yeah, his teacher. 
married his teacher. What are you swinging around your fucking finger? Oh, we're doing oh, this it's important podcast. My, it's my, it's, it's my daughter's, um, like, some sort of microphone key ring from Smiggle. Okay. <laughs> I'm just playing <laughs> with various toys in her bedroom while I say these things. These terrible, um, terrible things. These terrible things. Anyway, yeah, so I don't know if they were bumming or not. He's denied it, so perhaps we shouldn't say that they are. But no, I'm going to say, yeah, no. I reckon they were bumming. You reckon they are? I'm, I'm not sure, but if they are... So what? Because as, the, as we say, the French say anything goes. It's previous presidents have had mistresses and stuff. Macron's just taken it to the next level. Fucking good luck to him. Yeah, but one thing I would say is that if he wants to bum his security guard, fair enough, I suppose. But you, but why did he give him the nuclear codes? He didn't need to do that to seduce him. And why would would you be seduced that easily? If Theresa May. Was trying mm. to seduce you, Andy Dawson. Yeah, which is a, I could imagine that happening. Yeah, well, you definitely, were, yeah. You could be down in London attending a cocktail do. Yeah, and she see your eyes meet across room. She thinks I fancy a bit of that. Quite um, right, yeah. Bit of Philip, rough Philip, from the north. Philip, exactly. Philip May's away. He looks like a man who probably doesn't satisfy her fully. Mm-hmm. And she's thought there's a a brutish a brutish oaf from the north country. With his large, there's a northern cal- powerhouse if ever I saw one. Is his large calloused hands, all running all over my yeah. body? That's what she starts thinking about. So, yeah. she comes over and she goes, "I'm going to level with you. I, I've been looking at you all night, Andy, and I like what I see." Okay. Um, Philip's away. I want you to come back to Downing Street and fuck me. Yeah. Right. And you're going, nah thing is i'm pretty left wing uh doesn't feel right and she goes all right how about this i will give you the codes to the to the united kingdom's nuclear arsenal if yeah you come back and have it off with me yeah how would that be an incentive or would it i don't know no it, it would definitely tip the scales for me but i would insist on uh, reading them out as i was doing her from behind but why would you want them? I don't want the nuclear codes. That's not appealing to me. I'm not going to do anything do with, with them? them. I'm not going to do anything with them. It's just the, it's just the knowledge that I've got them. It's the power <laughs> thing. Oh, it's something to brag about to your mates in the pub, isn't it? It's a double-hander, isn't it? First of all, I did Theresa May from behind. Secondly, she was reading out the nuclear codes while I was doing it. You know, what could be better than that? Yeah, and you're at, you're at the fucking stadium of light in the pub before and going to the lads. I could annihilate all of you like that. And you click your finger and they go, what are you talking about, Andy? That's bullshit. And you go, fucking isn't, mate. I've got the nuclear codes. I could flatten you. I could crush you like an ant. You and, like, Holland, wherever I wanted. Before we go, I want to do the thing we did last week. I'm just going to read some headlines out. We're going to call it News Without News. And I want you to give oh, me yeah. a percentage, Sam, a percentage out of 100 as to how inclined you would be to, to read these stories, to click on them. Great. Here we go. First one. Zoo mm. paints black stripes onto donkeys to make them look like zebras. 100%. 100%. Second one. Serial killer accidentally kills himself while masturbating with electricity in cell. 100%. 100%, exactly. Third one. Fish and chip shop forced to close after complaints over smell of fish. Nah, like 50%. Story's there in the headline, isn't it? You don't exactly, want any more from yeah. That. They've revealed too much. 
Um, how about this one? Police called out to answer reports of excessive farting from Grandad's house. <laughs> Some 70%. I'll tell you because what. Because again, I'll, they've revealed most of the story. They've revealed most, but there's a twist. It was actually a fart noise machine that he'd given to his grandson. Oh, right, okay. So you can knock it down to 20% now if you want, and I've told you that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Final one for this week. Nobody stepped in to help Monkey on a push bike being chased by dog. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Fucking hell. 100%, because I'd be, I'd be hoping there was a video like embedded into that story oh, as well. Oh, there is. There is some. Yeah, okay, <laughs> there I'll is. send me the link, mate. It's on, crying out loud. It's, it's on the Metro website in the weird section, and just search <laughs> for monkey push bike dog, and it's literally 39 seconds of a monkey riding a bike getting chased around by a dog. Well, funny you should say that because round about it's seven twenty-five in the evening now. Round about nine p.m. every evening, without fail, seven days a week. Yeah. Once I've finished all of my chores and letter writing and whatnot, uh-huh. I always sit down and Google the words "monkey dog push bike." I just do it. So it, I would have come across this story anyway a bit lately. You evening. would have. It is so fucking yeah. good. So fucking good. Anyway, that's that's it. I think from episode two of News Thing. Yeah, it's been really good, as I'm sure you'll all agree, listeners. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to check out more of uh, our, you know, extensive news thing uh, content on our YouTube site or on our Facebook. But YouTube's best. Go to YouTube. There's all sorts of funny stuff there. Um, and you can follow us at News Thing or at Delaney Man or at uh, Profanity Swan. Yeah. And don't forget to check out our football podcast, too, which is uh, Top Flight Time Machine. We've done a slight now, hiatus, but we'll be back soon. We're gonna we're gonna leave you with another extract from the diaries of Jeremy Corbyn, who, as a friend of the show, uh, used to regularly visit the studio and read out uh, extracts. So take it away, Jeremy. The memoirs of Jeremy Corbyn, February, nineteen seventy-four. In the nineteen seventies, me, Dennis Skinner, and Tony Ben had a sort of gentlemen's drinking club we like to call the wolf pack we'd get together get pissed and there was no stopping us we'd sit there planning how to start the revolution how to repossess the means of production of course tony ben was a different story he'd get pissed and try to persuade us all to wank on a frazzle (laughs) bloody public school boys Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.